Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, because you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fishing Game Podcast. You got your host here, Justin Townsend, and uh, today I'm joined by some very special guests uh, from across the Atlantic Ocean over in Europe, and we'll get a little bit more into that here in just a moment. But first, uh, as you may have seen, we've rolled out a new structure for our podcast uh, we're going to be mixing in some guest episodes just like this, also with uh, some episodes focused on the various cuts of meat on an animal. So we're going to spend probably the next year or so uh, going through those various cuts and devote an episode to each cut, um, which actually I think next week uh, our episode will be talking about cooking the whole front shoulder and we'll kind of dive into the culinary history, some methods, some butchering, and all that stuff, and and talk more about that. Um, in addition to that, you may have also noticed we have a new podcast photo image, uh, which is great. We decided to ditch the old one and go with something new, and it's a picture of yours truly uh, holding up some uh, black bear uh, backstrap or loins uh, that was back from a couple years ago when we were in Oregon hunting up in the coastal range uh, for black bear with uh, my friends Ryan and Emily, uh, Ben, uh, our former managing editor, and Colin, who's our, our new podcast producer. Uh, we were all up there hunting black bear for about a week and uh, very triumphant at, at harvesting one and uh, getting to bring home some delicious meat. So that's a picture of me holding those two up. Uh, very, very happy to see the end of a hard week out in the mountains. So uh, excited for that. 
But as I mentioned, our two guests today are both uh, both reside in Germany, and so we're going to spend some time talking about German hunting culture, some of the traditions, and of course we're going to hit on uh, German wild game cooking in general. So uh, I'm excited to dive into this topic. I think um, it's important for us as, as hunters and anglers to learn a lot more about the international cultures and traditions of the hunting world uh, at large. And I think that this episode today is kind of a testament of that. And I think, I think you're really going to enjoy it, but first I will introduce our guest. Uh, so first off, uh, our first guest, Timo, he's a world-class German chef, hunter, television chef, and entrepreneur. He's traveled and cooked all over the world on both the land and the sea. And at home in Germany, he's passionate about hunting and has earned the title of Jägermeister. Uh, And in his restaurant, he incorporates wild game into the menus to showcase the wild flavors that we all know to love and appreciate. And our second guest is JP. He's a field staff writer for Harvesting Nature, and he's based in Germany. Uh, he's also known as Hunting Muscle on social media and is a hunter and bodybuilder exploring the European hunting scene uh, and wild game food culture. Uh, he spends his time in Stuttgart, Germany, and in the Black Forest. And when he's not in the forest or the gym, he can be found cooking, doing great things with meat, traveling, writing code, and writing science fiction. I want to hear more about that, JP, the science fiction bit, but we can talk about that later. Uh, so, Timo and JP, welcome uh, welcome to the Wild Fishing Game podcast. Hey, thank you for having us on. Absolutely. So, um, I guess before we, we dive into it, uh, JP, you want to kind of lay down a little bit of like how, how we got on this topic and, and how this podcast episode came to be. Yeah. So, uh, I've known Timo for a few years now, uh, and it, we were, uh, both on a drive hunt together and we were sitting in the back of a truck and just started talking. And next thing you know, we realized that uh, uh, he's hunting in the revere right next to me. And we were both managing the, the revere's right next to each other. And we were like, we should, we should stay in touch. And I told him a little bit about my passions for cooking, things like that. And he's like, well, I'm a chef. And uh, so, yeah, we just stayed in touch over the years. And... Um, He's, he's just an awesome dude, very super, super passionate about hunting to the point where, um, he was asked to be the Jägermeister for the Bovingen district. And, uh, he's also a great friend of the American military community here. And so, um, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure, uh, getting to know him over the years. So, and then, uh, JP, you and I, so you joined the Harvest Nature team too back, what, about, uh, four months ago? Yep. I believe. Yep. And then you and I met here in Colorado, uh, while you're here visiting and we got to do a a quick chat and you kind of gave me the lay down of, uh, more detail than I had known uh, on some German hunting culture and it definitely sparked my interest. And then, uh, here back... Uh, just last month, uh, you had an article up on the website called "Hunting Roe Deer in Germany," and uh, which kind of dives into that season. And we're we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But I think all these things kind of mix together, and then all of a sudden, uh, here we are on this episode chatting. So 
thanks for connecting us all. But uh, I'll, I'll go over to you, uh, Timo. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into hunting and how you got into cooking? It's actually very easy. I'm cooking because I don't know anything else. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hunting for, for a long time and I'm cooking for a longer time. Um, it's a traditional thing uh, in my family to make uh, something with meat. So I think uh, good meat is in my DNA, actually. So in, in uh, Germany, we have that master title. So I don't know you you have that in the States, too. So uh, my grandfather was a butcher master and my father, too. And uh, I'm a master chef. So when you make, make your normal working ship, you, you finish your, your... I don't know how to say that, but when you finish with your... With the time you learn cooking, so after years you can do that do that master title, and uh, yeah, and uh, that's what I did, and I'm cooking the most of the time uh, of my life, and uh, the the rest of the time I spend in the woods uh, hunting for good. And uh, JP, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into uh, both cooking and hunting? Yeah, so the the cooking side came from. Uh Whenever I turned 16, my dad really wanted me to get a job, and uh, he was in the alcohol distribution uh, business and was really good friends with uh, uh, a very well-known chef in the Houston area, Chef Jacques Fox, and uh, he, he spoke to him, and uh, Chef Jacques essentially took me on as an apprentice, uh, and so all throughout high school, uh, I on weekends and sometimes after school, especially if there was like a lot of work going on, uh, you'd find me at the, at the hotel working. And then on the, uh, and it was through that, that I really found out that a, I love doing this. B, I don't want to do it as a profession. Um, it's just, it's a lot of, a lot of work. Um, but, uh, uh, on the hunting side of things, uh, my grandfather used to um, used to hunt all the time out in West Texas, and I always wanted to go with him, and I never had the chance. Um, and he passed away a few years ago, and it just something something in me said, "I need to I need to do this. It's something I've always wanted to do." And so while I was here in Germany, uh, I took our hunting class. Um, which, uh, through, through the military, through MWR, we have the ability to get, uh, what's called an Auslander or foreigner, uh, hunting license. And, uh, I went through the course. It's about three months long, got my license and, uh, that I'll never forget that first time I went out hunting and a roebuck came screaming by, it was chasing uh, a doe. Uh, or what we call a, a geist in German, came screaming by, and I just remember my heart felt like it was going to burst out of my chest. I just became so excited and didn't know what to do, in all honesty. And from that moment on, I was hooked. I wanted more and more of this. So that's how I got into hunting. Sweet. I like it. I, um, I'm, I'm guilty to say that I, I don't know... I don't know as much about hunting in Germany as I feel that I should or that I, I know that I want to now. Uh, and I mentioned you guys 
through conversation both definitely sparked my interest in this. And so that's um, how we often end up here uh, in these conversations because I'm like, oh, if I'm interested in this, there's probably other people at least that are interested in it too. So um, we've got you both now sort of as is the ambassadors for uh, for hunting in Germany to help lay it out for for us over here uh, in North America, both in the U.S. and Canada, because we have a good listener base. And uh, so, I guess my first question is: is uh, how does someone begin hunting in Germany? What what does that entail? I know uh, Timo, you mentioned you grew up doing it, and JP, you kind of came into it. Uh, you know, later in life and took some courses and classes. What's, what's the process normally that a person has to follow? Uh, so the process actually, it's, it's, uh, it's not normal to be a hunter in Germany. So, um, you have, um, 80, 90 million people walking around, uh, but you still have 350, 400,000 people who are have a, who have a hunting license. Uh, so it's not possible to go hunting and it's also not possible to buy a gun in Germany without a hunting license. So uh, you have to make your hunting license first um, and then you can start hunting. And uh, that's not that easy. Actually, you have to go to school and uh, have to learn a lot of things. It's not just going out with a, with a gun. It's a traditional thing. It's very hard to, to learn this. It's... Uh, uh, lots of things you have to know. You have to know everything about every single animal. So you have to know when they, what they do, how they live, what they eat. It's unbelievable what you have to know. Um, and uh, you have to learn for a long, 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 long time and uh, lots of uh, things you, before you can start out. Uh, and then you have to, it's this, uh, how you say that in English, uh, JP? Yeah. It's, uh, uh, national yeah, thing like so a federal it's not program. a private thing so you have to run by the the german national government yeah it's a hard hard time to go up, get a hunting license in germany and uh, not many people have that it's a privilege thing uh, uh, you are very proud if you are a hunter in germany and you have to follow the 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 rules of hunting in germany which is totally different it's not a sport it's a uh, JP can tell you some things. So for me, it's normal. But as an American, when you start hunting in Germany, you, 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 I don't know, JP, it's hard yeah, for you. Yeah, to, you have to, to learn to all the like, uh, of a lot of the traditional, traditional uh, German um, hunting culture. Uh, if you just want to be able to, to do some of the basics, I mean, well, like one of the most simplest ones is the, the use of the term Weidmannsheil. And how, um, whenever you're going to go on a hunt, uh, before the hunters separate and get into their stands or what have you, you'll salute each other with Weidmann's Heil. And uh, that's the traditional hunter salute. If you don't understand that, you could come across as kind of an asshole. Uh, but whenever people say that to you and you don't respond back. So, I mean, it's it's simple, th like... Uh, the, uh, the, it's called Jaeger speak. You need to understand some of that, um, as well as some of the more traditional things about whenever you shoot an animal, grabbing a branch and giving it the, what's called the last bite, because uh, you're paying your respects to the animal. Uh, there's a lot of different things that are, in, that are involved. So and you, 
YouTube JP, you were telling me about the uh, even about clothing. Like normally yeah. in you know North America, everybody wears camouflage, right? Camo everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chef's chicken. Um, yes. is the attire is different? Yeah, it's it's very different, and not only that, this is a, an area where a lot of people like to show off. In all honesty, there's a lot of high end. Uh, uh, hunting clothing manufacturers out there like Harkala and, and others. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're wearing solid colors. You're not really wearing camo. Um, and Timo can speak more to this, that that's more his lane. So, um, uh, we have camouflage also in Germany, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, uh, the most of the hunters I know, actually the older hunters, uh, they wear traditional clothes. Which is uh, uh, we call it loden, mm-hmm. which uh, 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 wool. I say it's wool, yeah. Uh, and um, uh, it's I think it was the first outdoor clothing stuff we had. So it's uh, uh, it's very very um, you, you you cannot go wet with it. You, it's very silent when you walk and move in the forest, so they don't hear don't hear you. And uh, I, I love this. I'm by myself. I just wear camouflage when when i when i call the box when they come really close to me in the normal time i wear loden loden is my my it's traditionally on drive hunts where people wear a lot more of the the traditional stuff whenever you're you're out late night hunting pigs nobody cares (laughs) you just want to stay warm (laughs) that's fair yep so about that about that language thing about the language thing, it's 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 not that easy. So it's actually it's a separate language. So we call it Jägersprache. It's not like so. It's like German and English. You know, it's totally different. It's uh, we have a it's 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 an own language, hundreds and hundreds of years old. Um, an old hunter, I asked him many years ago uh, uh, about the hunting language how this how do they start or how this come from and he told me uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago the the hunters start with that because oh. they think the animals listen to them <laughs> and when they make the plans for the hunt they say okay we have to talk in a different language because they know <laughs> our plan and then they run away before we start with the driven hunt so we have to we have to talk in another language so that they yeah, you know, you never know the spy is uh, 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 close to you and, and and listen to your plan. So that's what he told me. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I love this. So this is, uh, I like that story. I like that's that what, story. What that's a me. good one. It's uh, one of that old German hunter stories. You say the same in English too? Hunters, hunters, fishermen and other liars, you say that in English too? yes very uh lots of stories lots of stories and origins of where things came from and and uh people often make them up as they go i think um at least here but um one thing i was gonna ask so we've talked about we've talked about pigs and i've mentioned roe deer um what are some of the other species that are available in germany to hunt and is it 
Is it the same across the entirety of the country, or do you find in different areas there's more or less or different species? Uh, so actually, Germany is a very small country, but uh, it doesn't matter. It's a small country. You have you have uh, uh, lots of forests, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I, I'm not really sure, but I think. Europe is maybe one of in Europe Germany is one of the the countries with the most forests and uh, you have not that many animals when you go to the east of Germany you have everything you have uh, 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 red stags you have uh, roe deers you have uh, wolves also in the east of Germany a lot and you have uh, yeah you have I don't know you have a muffle it's like a sheep wild sheep mouflon yeah. Mouflon. Oh you yeah. Have them in the States yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have they've they've brought them over, but you can hunt them in in places okay. uh, here as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and this is the east of Germany. So in the east of Germany, you have it's unbelievable how many animals you have there. You have almost everything there. And in the south of Germany, especially in Baden-Württemberg, that's the state where where JP and I live, uh, we have uh, yeah we. You say red stacks, right? Yeah. You say red stack, mm-hmm. or how you say to Rotwild? Yep. JP, Rotwild, red stack. Or yeah, red stack. It's red it's stag. red deer. Red stack. But it's the yeah, red deer. But, uh, yeah. Whenever you're you're saying uh, Rotwild, you're typically referring to red deer. But whenever you're saying red stag, yeah, that's the male with the the antlers. Okay. So actually, in in the south, in this part of Germany, in, in Baden-Württemberg, uh, 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 red deer are uh, illegal. So uh, if you see one, you have to shoot it. Uh, they have just uh, uh, a couple of places where they can live in our state. Uh, they don't want it because they they are scared. They they damage the trees. And so if you see one, you have to shoot it. It's a it's a shitty thing. It's Eighty years old. They they try to. To, to make that uh, they tried to change that for 80 years now but it's still yeah the 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 damage that uh, red deer can cause to uh, some of the trees here some of the tree species uh, it is incredibly bad uh, over in the black forest there's uh, I forget the type of pine but they 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 harvest they selectively harvest these things the trees and they sell them to Japan they go for tens of thousands of euros uh and so if the red deer which love to eat the bark on these things are destroying them it destroys the income for a lot of people and so it is it's a it it whenever you're a hunter here um your your number one priority is you're supposed to be like a you're part of nature you're part of keeping uh nature somewhat controlled so that things like this don't happen where uh populations get too high and then they cause all kinds of damage and you know all kinds of second third order effects fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home it's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. 
Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. So I, I think uh, if, if you're an American and you don't know anything about hunting in Germany, uh, maybe the that's what I'm thinking about right now, maybe the most important thing is uh, our revere system. I think you don't have that in the States. Mm-hmm. You can go out no. and go hunting all the, all over the place, wherever you want. You just have to buy a license, if that's right. So so it's a little different. It, it's it's by uh, the states manage it here. And so in different states, you'll have different game species that you can hunt. And a lot of times it's on a, uh, it's on a tag system. So you enter a lottery and you may win the tag to go hunting that year, or it could be something we say like it's over the counter. And that's where you can just go to the store and you just buy the license to go hunt that animal. But you, depending if you have private land access or if you have public land, which is owned by the government, where you can just go out and hunt on each one is different. Um, but I think that was actually, it's great leads into my next thought is that's not, that's not similar as in Germany. It's, it's a much different system. Correct. It's very different. So, uh, let me explain this. I try to explain this. Um, I'm, I'm the revere owner. So, Somebody mm-hmm. owns the land. It doesn't matter the government or private people owns the land, but uh, they don't own the hunting rights. If you are a, uh, if you are a revierpächter, if you are the guy who is who is renting that area, everything every single animal which, what is on that ground is yours. So the, the the right of hunting is going over the right of ground. So if you have no fence okay. around your your field and there's a deer walking through, I shoot that deer on your ground because I'm the one who is who, who owns the the hunting license for the area. So okay. for me, I, I own the hunting rights in this town in the east. So it's a couple of hundreds, uh, uh, how you say that, acre? acres? Acres, yeah. And uh, every single animal, which is what you can hunt by law, I can hunt on that ground. Or I can tell other hunters, if you want, you can go out and shoot one, or shoot two, or shoot three. Uh, and uh, nobody else is allowed to hunt on that place. And this is very serious. So if you hunt without, uh, you go to prison up to 10 years. Oh, if wow. You, if, you, if you hunt on a, on a other ground, it depends how you make it, you know. Uh, it's it's up to ten years, so you, it's very serious in Germany. The hunting right is very very serious. It's a privilege, and so you you almost you have to be yeah a privilege, which I think is is great too. Here here in the states, I would say similar in that note, but still very different. A lot of people um, view it differently, but I think they're you have to be plugged more into the community of hunters in order to, to hunt and have access to hunt. JP? 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, the way you get in on a Revere is through who you know. <laughs> uh, essentially, I mean, you can go to your your local um, uh, your your local like city hall and go to the office that manages hunting and apply to get in on uh, say federal or state land, but they'll put you on a waiting list depending on how populated that area is, and you could be waiting for years for somebody to die or leave. Uh, the best way to get in on a Revere is if you know somebody or know somebody who knows somebody, and they invite you in and that's how you get in. Like my, the Revere that, uh, I have a license on in the Black Forest, I got in on that through a, a really, really good friend of mine who invited me up, introduced me to the forester there, uh, and through a series of hunting over there and him seeing me as a quality hunter, he then offered me a license to be able to hunt in that area. And that's kind of how it works here. That's cool. Um, it, I could see where it may, it would make it challenging for people who wanted to get into it, but I think that it, it's, uh, seems like a very like coveted, like very well respected thing that people want to hold it, uh, yeah, very when, close. Once you have, so they don't have just anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Once you Sorry. have a license in a really good area, you don't give it up. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, <laughs> you're, if anything, you want to pass it on to your children, <laughs> but you don't give it no, up. That's like, but it's like I do. My, my daughter is 15 now, 16, sorry. But uh, she did her hunting license with 15, uh, one of the youngest in Germany. And uh, uh, she have to wait until she's 18 before I can take her with me in, into my forest. In that contract, in that Pachtvertrag, uh, 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 we call it, it's like a, I don't know how that in English, but it's it's a, it's a serious contract. It's uh, not just a sign up here, I'm the hunter. So you're in charge for everything and you're responsible for everything. So, for example, uh, there's a, a, how you say, a farmer. They have a field with corn. Mm -hmm. And at night, 20 pigs run into that field and eat the whole corn, everything. And the next day, he comes to me and says, okay, give me 5,000 euro, or 5,000 dollar. So I'm, I'm, I have to pay that. Whatever my animals did wow. to a farmer in Germany, the guy who, is, who owned the hunting rights have to pay for it. It doesn't matter, they eat trees, they eat plants, they eat uh, corn, they eat whatever they eat, whatever they do, even when they damage the green how you say that the visa jp the grass what the yeah yeah when they damage the grass i have to pay for that too and is that is that common that it happens or are you able to like kind of balance no, it's really common so golf is, a very, golf is a very cheap thing in germany so <laughs> no but if whenever you drive along the autobahn you will see stands everywhere Seriously, uh, especially like like going between Stuttgart and Munich, you'll pass a lot of a lot of forest and, and fields, farm fields. In those farm fields, you will see mm -hmm. a ton of deer stands, and it's like what Timo was saying because uh, that farmer can take the the Jagdpächter who's responsible for that revere. He can take him to court if 
if he does not have any stands up and the pigs are doing damage and he's like not actively trying to uh, prevent damage to that field, he can. He can take him to court and and have him pay a serious amount uh, to that farmer. And this is why, uh, as well, you'll wow. find a, a lot of yog pectors, especially uh, whenever the corn comes up in August, uh, August September time frame, they're looking for hunters because uh, the price of corn, as you as you might be aware, it's gone up because of what has happened with Ukraine, and so now the fines mm-hmm. are even higher, <laughs> and so uh, they they need help. Wow, that's a that's very different. Uh, what what I was going to say is one of the other key differences that I think uh, a lot of of Americans would find kind of weird is that whenever you shoot something in a revere, you're not entitled to the meat. You, if you want the meat, you actually have to buy it from, uh, from the revere. And, and Timo can speak more to that. Um, so it's a very expensive thing in Germany. Uh, everything about hunting is very expensive, so it's it's uh, um, it's not even the the damage the the animals can make on the field of some farmers or something else. Um, it's it's uh, very expensive because you have to have that tree stands. So some parts of Germany are very flat. Yeah, we also have mountains, but but uh, you have to make sure if if you. If I say JP, okay, JP, can you go out and shoot one of my pigs in my forest? And JP say, okay, I can do that. And then he's, he's, uh, he, I have to make sure he have a, a good stand. It's actually not like a tree stand. It's, it's, I don't know how, how, how you can say that. It's, uh, you have to make sure that the bullet is going to the, to the ground and not flying away because here it's, it's, uh, not an open field. You have a city all over the place. When you shoot here, it's three kilometers in every direction. You have people living, and uh, you have to make sure the the bullet is going to the ground. You cannot shoot 500 meters, or you have to make in in my revere. You have to shoot maximum 100 meters, and you have to shoot from okay. From, okay. from a tree. St- it's it's not a tree stand. It's a we call it kanze. It's actually it's a little. It's a little house, maybe. How do you say it, it Jake? It's, it's like, like a deer a, stand. It's like well, a, it'd be like a blind. Yeah, yeah exactly. Deer blind or stand. Yep. Yeah. yeah, deer blind. Yeah. And you have to buy all the tree blinds. You have to make sure they are safe. If JP is going up on one of my tree stands or deer blinds or whatever, and he's falling down, I'm responsible because wow. I have to check every single part every other time. I have to make sure everything is perfect. Not as nothing is have to be rotten. Everything has to be perfect and uh, in good conditions and as safe as possible. This is and, uh, and you're always with uh, with one. You have you have to make sure everything is, is perfect and safe for everybody. Safe safety in for hunting in Germany. JP can explain that better in English. Sa- hunting. And safety in Germany is a really, really, really uh, uh, serious thing. But that being said, uh, whenever we do things like drive hunts, it works out really well. I mean, uh, I've never heard of anyone being injured in any way on, on a driven hunt. They're, they're really well executed. And if you can do a German drive hunt, they are a lot of fun. I mean, it, it is... It is quite a bit of boredom with moments of just 
<laughs> sheer excitement as you know you got sounders of pigs running by you and herds of red deer uh you'll have uh, a roe deer and her kits you know running by and so um and you hear the dogs off in the distance it's it's just it's super well executed um but like what timo's saying because safety is held to such a high degree here um the, the you can do these things and and you feel really really safe that's that's i find that really interesting because here in the states it's not often that i think you talk to uh people about drive hunts and like i've been in pennsylvania and places where drive hunts are very common and uh there's still like a lot of injuries no matter how like people wear orange people do this but uh, I, I think there's definitely some lessons learned or lessons that could be learned uh to make things more safe i'm sure but I did want to go back to talking about the meat as we kind of like move through this. There's so much to cover. Uh, I feel like we're going to have to revisit this again. But um, talking about the meat. So as am I hearing this quickly? So as a hunter in Germany, if you shoot an animal, you're not always entitled to the meat. Um, where does the meat go or how does that process work? JP, you want to say no, I think you're the you're the Jägermeister. <laughs> Küchenmeister, we say Küchenmeister. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, no. First of all, the animal owns is owned by the 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 the, the, the Jäger, the the one who is uh, in charge for that area. And uh, if JP want to have it, he have to buy it from him. And uh, if you see not buying from him, uh, he he is stealing everything. He have to sell it to somebody or make sausages from it or make whatever. So I'm 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 dealing with that all the time. So for me, it's it's no problem. Uh, uh, whatever we shoot, we shoot in my revere. Uh, we, we I cook that in my kitchen, and uh, if it's on the ground, I I, I uh, age it. I age it in my aging container for a couple of days and then I sell it in my restaurant. But from all the game I sell in my restaurant, I think it's not even 3% of, out of my forest. So 97% or more I buy from other hunters, from from Forstbetriebe, from from, uh, from other people, uh, from, from friends, from other hunting friends. Uh, because I'm, it's not enough animals in my forest, I can run my restaurant with it. So I sell the fifty percent of all the meat I sell in my restaurant. It's game the whole year. Okay, yeah, and uh, uh, it's always busy in my restaurant, really so I cool. need a lots of a lots of game. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so, so I'm I'm gonna backtrack this so if the hunter so if i shoot if i shoot a deer i would have to then pay you for the meat uh to take um and where so do you have to pay like the state or the yeah. government or anybody or it just goes to you yeah i have to pay i have to pay the 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 guy who owns the forest if, okay if, if the start if the, the the forest is owned by state you have to pay for that to that people, otherwise you have to pay to the city where you live or the city who owns the forest. In my case, it's a complicated thing. 
in my case, the city of Böblingen, where we both live, uh, uh, they own the forest. And actually my forest, that's why I'm working together with Americans very close all the time. My forest is all around the, all around the base. So we have, we have different military areas, military training areas, military base here in town. There are lots of Americans. And all around the base, it's my forest. And there's just a fence. And on the left side of the fence, I'm walking with my rifle. And on the other side of the fence, they're walking the, the security guard people with their, you know. <laughs> and because of that, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's very, very important that we work together very close because I'm hunting around sure. the base and also on the border to the training area. So it's it's really important we, we talk to each other all the time and stay in contact. And so what uh, I... In, in conversations with JP, uh, I've learned, so you've got the meat and then uh, what I've heard reference as hunter's rights. Yeah. So what what are the hunter's rights? So this would be like, yeah, the like... The Jägerrecht the or the cooking? Ah, okay. <laughs> the yeah, trophy, so, okay. Yeah, so, so the, the trophy and then the offal on the animal. So like the liver the heart, you know, things like that, you're typically uh, entitled to. It's the, the meat that uh, <laughs> everyone cares about. Traditionally, actually, you just have the rights or you don't have any rights as a normal hunter. But no, but mm -hmm. traditionally, you just have the rights for everything what's inside the animal. Liver, heart, lungs and everything. Uh. This is for the guy who shoot it. But, okay. but the horns and the trophy... And the meat, everything belongs to the guy who owns the hunting rights, the hunting master or the guy Got who it. is uh, Jägermeister or the guy who is the Revierpächter. Um, and okay. in Germ now, actually in Germany, it's now it's, it's okay, you can also get the trophy. But I can say, okay, okay. I don't want the trophy for me. You cannot have it. So this is uh, 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 a very traditional thing. Normally, I give. I don't care. I don't give a shit of trophies. So, so I, I don't. I, I'm, a, I'm a chef, you know. I, I'm, I'm looking for the good steak. Yeah. So I don't care. So I, I never shoot an animal because of the trophy. Uh, I shoot it because I see the steak running from the left side to the right side. Uh, so I, I don't care about trophies. But but uh, other people take that trophy thing very serious. And in Europe, or especially mm -hmm. in Germany, uh, when you shoot the wrong steak. You have to have a. You have to have. You have problems with your wife when you come home, because if you shoot the the wrong <laughs> red stag, you, you have to pay five thousand, seven thousand euro, uh, just because yeah. of you. You think it was smaller than it looks like, and if it's bigger than it looks like, yeah, you have to, you have to uh, bring a lots of money, and you have problems at home. Yeah, so they, wow. classi they classify a, stags. Yeah, that could in, be that could be a problem. Well, they classify red deer stags in uh, one, two, and three, and then there are A and B uh, within that. And the price differences between those uh, can be significant. It could go from two hundred and fifty uh, euros to three thousand euros uh, between two classes. And so, if you're not careful and you shoot one that is just a little bit older than you suspected, yeah, you're, <laughs> like Timo was saying, your, your wife is going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. 
and and how and how is it is it by by age or by weight or by antler size for for determining or is it a combination it's a combination of everything we also take this very okay. serious in germany especially in, in all over the place in europe but uh, i can just speak for germany uh, you you follow that red stack or that special animal for a long long time for years you follow mm -hmm. him you you uh, you you you're collecting his uh, you say horn the shed antlers yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you collect them and see how he's going uh, and how many years you follow him for years same when you have a a, a special wild boar in your in your revere. Um I have uh, some friends in the States and they also have wild boar or they, they told me they have uh, feral hawks, right? Mm -hmm. But that's different. Do you ever see a German wild boar? Uh, I've seen pictures, but they're they're much different than what we have for like our feral hogs in like Texas. Yeah, they're, they're, they in look, the, in they, the southeast look United States. The pictures I see from the feral hogs in the States. So there, uh, you have mm -hmm. parts in Europe that can have 250, 300 kilo. And mm -hmm. in Romania, to so be like yeah, 500, 600 pounds, like that's yeah. huge. In Germany, yes. in Germany, one hundred kilo is very big. In this area, maybe in the east of Germany, which would be yeah about two hundred and twenty pounds. In this part of Germany, yep. in, in roughly Baden-Württemberg, yeah, so that's still yeah, one hundred. I've been very fortunate to shoot two of those. It's they're they're kind of hard to come by. Uh, the 100, whenever they're finding them over 100 kilos in Germany, uh, but in, like Timo was saying, in places like Romania, yeah, they get the size of small Toyotas. So, yeah. yeah. And they're really hard, you know, they're That's really wild. hard. So you, you, you cannot believe, you cannot believe what, what, what stories, what stories, uh, uh, happens night, at night in the woods. It's very, very dangerous. So you cannot just follow them at night or whatever. So it's, it's, uh, you have to take that really serious because of your own safety. It's not fun. Even a 30, 40, 50 kilo wild boar, uh, better don't follow him. If you had not the, the shoot yeah. in the right place, so better don't, don't go for him. It doesn't matter how big your dog is. And JP and I, we both have duckle. <laughs> <laughs> How you say duck in English? Dachshund. Dachshund. Yeah, we both have two dachshunds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we cannot follow the big boars without the little dachshund. <laughs> well, let's. No, yeah, I could see that could be problematic. <laughs> Although a dachshund um, will do it. <laughs> I believe it. They're they're feisty. <laughs> Um, we've, we've got probably about 15 minutes left or so, and, and I know you, it's late for both of you guys, so I don't want to keep you too long, but I want to talk a little bit about the food because after all, I love the food, yeah, uh, and Timo, working. you're a chef, which is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what are some ways that you're using the meat in your restaurant? What are some of the dishes? What are, what do people like, um, that you commonly, uh, prepare? Uh, so the normally wild or game meat in Germany normally you have uh, it's a seasonal food, so the most of the people eat mm -hmm. that uh, 
November, December, January, around Christmas. Uh, it's uh, that's the high season for game in Germany or for game meat. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I start 20 years ago with the idea to to sell game meat the whole year, every day, on a normal menu, and. Uh, It takes me 10 years uh, to, to find enough people who accept that idea. And, uh, and now, uh, and, and I, have to, I have to learn a lot of things by myself and I have to try a lot of things. And uh, at the end of everything, I make traditional German food on a very high level uh, and uh, uh, just changing the meat. I make the same dishes. Sure. I make the dishes that people love. I make the dishes that people know. I just don't use meat from beef or pork or whatever. I just use game meat. I just change change the meat, and uh, uh, that's the way how I how I find that many people who, who eat that the whole year. So I sell the same same meat uh, in, in 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 August than in December right now. So same, not many, not more people eat a game in December. I have in the summertime. I have the same. Uh, the same meat, yeah. Nice. It takes a long time, and, and you uh, have to 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 cook it. Yeah, to cook it like the people want it. You, know, you cannot make the the heavy dishes in the summer with thirty uh, degrees uh, with the red wine and everything. So, you know schnitzel. You know that schnitzel. Mm -hmm. schnitzel? I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We make Wiener schnitzel from from wild uh, boar. Yeah, or we make sausages okay. from wild boar. We make. Uh, uh, We make uh, Maultaschen, which is a, a very popular dish in this part of Germany. It's like a ravioli, but very okay. tasty and much bigger. And uh, it's uh, we made that ravioli from um, also from from uh, uh, red stags and uh, roe deer, whatever is on the ground. What's what uh what's the sauce you make with that is it like a tomato sauce or like a different type of no, sauce No it's a, it's a, I think in English it's a gravy it's traditional gravy mm -hmm. but uh, we make that from from uh, from game bones and we cook that okay. with a uh, um, blueberry juice with red wine with uh, lots of fruits fruit juices um, mm -hmm. yeah and and uh, it's coming together with jellies and sweet stuff and uh, so the americans love it i have a lots of american guests because of the base and and they love it sure. so they're there i have a game plate which is the whole year on the menu um it's all parts of the animals are on this plate and it depends what what's on the ground in this week or what the hunters deliver to me i bring this on that plate and it's always changing yeah Oh, that's and, cool! Uh, you have a little schnitzel on it. You have uh, some some how you say ragu? You say ragu? You gulasch? Ragu? Yeah. Yeah. Fine gulasch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You have a little bit ragu on mm -hmm. it. You have the schnitzel on it. You have uh, a medallion from Red Stag on it with the wild herb crust on top. Um, you have Ooh. different kinds of jellies. You have a uh, 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 apple and quince jelly on it. You have a. Uh, 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 Honey pearls with the chili in it on it. You have a, a you have two different kinds of sauces Man, uh, with it. And, well, uh, uh, the article that yeah. we have coming out, um, my my latest one that's coming out is what Timo was talking about: the medallions with the wild uh, wildflower 
crust. Um, we have that coming out this month, actually, and that that recipe was provided by Timo. What what is like what is the classic wild game dish for Germany? Like when when people think of game meat, they're like, "That's it." Uh, we call it, uh, I think, game braten, uh, um, like a, a red steak. How you say braten, JP? Roast or? Yeah, but uh, I think most Americans know know braten. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's yeah, it's pretty popular in uh, a lot of American households, given the 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 amount of Germans that we had uh, come over to the United States, and I mean, like my grandmother, she she makes a braten. Okay, so I try to explain it to you. You take a big piece of meat. Red okay. steak, roe deer, wild boar, whatever you have, whatever is on the ground, you take that big piece of meat and then you uh, uh, season it from all sides. Then you roast it in a pan from all sides and then you put it in the oven. And then you add some, some vegetables, onions and carrots and, uh, uh, and stuff, celery. And then you uh, put some red wine on top, a whole bottle and then uh, leave it in the oven for hours and then when it's done you cut it in nice uh, uh, tranches or how you I say pieces like slices, slices big, yeah, thick big, slices yeah, yeah. and then you you serve this with that sauce and uh, together with uh, uh, spätzle noodles in this part of germany which is a special mm -hmm. kind of noodle it's a traditional noodle in this part of germany and uh, the bavarian people just a couple of hundred kilometers away they make the same thing they just use dumplings as a side dish mm -hmm. yeah in okay. Bavaria, and uh, uh, drink beer with it and they make a beer <laughs> sauce uh, yeah. well you have in every single in, 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 you have the same dish all over germany i think this is the most popular thing a dish with game or out of game but the uh, in the region they make different side um, side things with it, right? Uh, orders, you know. It sounds you know yeah, I mean? that sounds really good. Yeah. The meat is yeah. the same, but the sauce is different. We have some crazy people in the north of Germany that don't eat so sauce. I don't know why. <laughs> they just roast it without no, sauce. They, have, no, they, are, they, are, they are different. <laughs> they, they eat everything without sauce. You know, it's it's uh, dry and it's I don't know. I cannot understand that. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you come to the south of Germany, uh, it's it's liquid thing is very important. Yeah, in the south of Germany, Bavaria, sure. they drink uh, two or three beers more uh, uh, to the dish, and then when you go up to the to the north, uh, yeah, it's like dust when they eat. So it's very dry. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like those. I don't know. I cannot understand this. So what's a uh Timo, what's what's your favorite game dish to prepare for yourself or for your family or friends? Uh, I have no, I don't care. So I have so many many uh, uh, dishes, and uh, the for me the 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 best animal to cook with in in Germany mm -hmm. or in this area is rodeo. You know rodeo? Is it like a little mm -hmm. red deer? It's like a white-tailed deer you have in the States. I've been in the States for a couple of times, and I see that white-tailed deers. But it's the same thing, but, but very smaller. small. 20 kilos. Yeah. Yeah. Very small. 
Yeah. And but yeah. they taste very very good, and uh, I think this is my most popular animal to cook with, and uh, it doesn't matter what I make from it, bullas, schnitzel, braten, whatever. I like everything out of that animal. That's my favorite thing, definitely. Yeah. So what I've Ooh, typically nice. done is uh, whenever someone tells me that they they've been timid about trying game meat, uh, like. Timo was saying, I, I serve them roe deer, and I typically serve their, them roe deer loin, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's phenomenal. It really is. The, the Literally everyone that I've served it to that has been trying deer for the first time or has been put off by it because they said it tastes gamey in the past, uh, whenever I have served them roe deer loin, they're typically like, oh my god, this is fantastic. I had no idea it tasted this good. <laughs> It's, you, you can't go wrong with the loin. It's so it's such a no. good good cut of meat. It's uh, very delicious, and surprising. It yes. tastes very different to your white tail deer. I mm -hmm. eat white white tail deer yeah. when we were in um, in the uh, on the on the on the west coast and uh, the national parks, uh, Yosemite. Uh, I think it was Yosemite. Yeah, and I, mm -hmm. I try uh, in a restaurant. I try there a white tail. But it tastes totally different. Maybe it was the chef. I have no idea. But it tastes totally different <laughs> to, to our road here. Totally different. Uh, yeah, I I could imagine a lot of the whitetail are, um, you'll find them like agriculture fields. And they're very like, they're very finished meat. And then you get like, here we have a deer we call mule deer, which they live more uh, in the mountains and on the prairies. And they, they eat a lot of, they eat sage and other different, uh, you know, natural plants. And they have a more like herbaceous taste to them. And then um, you get elk and other things. Like each one has a different flavor profile as As you know, probably similar in Germany. depends on where they are and what yeah. they eat and to what they taste like. What I also see so. on some videos, I look some videos from America, how they prepare a game. Mm -hmm. It's also totally different. Totally yeah, different how, unfortunately, they, how, they people, use, how to make that. It, it's interesting to see the way that people do it here. And, and I think, uh, unfortunately, people here in America don't always prepare it the best way to make it taste good and they just like they try to think of it as you would like beef or something else and you know they're different flavors like the beef we have here the way in the way they're fed and raised is like so much uh lack of flavor or blank palate versus like wild game is full of good flavors and people will try to like hide that flavor instead of just like opening it up which i think um I think is important. And, and that's something that we always talk about on this show is like, how can we, how can we teach people to better cook it, uh, you know, to enjoy it more in its natural flavor? Yeah. I think this, this is important. And also how the, the way how we make it uh, is, is also different. So, uh, we, 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 you have to open the animal in, 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 in one hour after the shot in the States too. Okay. You do that in the States too. Um, There's there's not a uh, not a time limit. Generally, people will do it uh, very soon. Like as soon as you find the animal, that's the first thing you do. Um, 
and it also depends on like where you're at in the country and the time of the season because you know like here for us in Colorado the early part of the season is September well it's still like 80 90 degrees Fahrenheit uh in that time of year and if you don't get an animal into the shade and get all the guts taken out very quickly like you you face it spoiling um and then too if you're far back like you may hike uh, several miles to go back into a piece of public land to go hunt and you have to hike the animal back out in your pack. And it's like, if you can't do that in an amount of time, you lose, you lose meat. That's different So, so JP and I, we yeah. just drive with our cars to the animal. <laughs> <laughs> so in Germany, you don't have to carry the animal. So, uh, 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 I see some pictures on Facebook and Instagram. Some German hunters do that, but I think it's just for the picture. I think I, I believe the street is five <laughs> meters behind them. Uh, uh, it looks very serious. That's fair. You so, don't have to do that in Germany. Some- Sometimes people do that here too. I think yeah, for the yeah, picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fishermen's hunters, never liars. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, well, so what's a what's a good way for people to uh, connect with either one of you on uh, on social media or Instagram or Facebook if they have questions or they want to come to the restaurant? Like, what are good ways to uh, to reach out? I think the best way is Instagram or Facebook. I can. Uh, I, I'll put them in the show notes. Yeah, I put them um, in the show notes. Right. To make yeah. sure people yeah, can, can have, it's have on the my link. Instagram yeah. account. You see some dishes I cook with game, uh, uh, and also with mm-hmm. fish because I, I I think there's lots of fishermen watching your show too. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yep. um, yeah, just uh, next week my new fish fish menu starts, so uh, I think uh, it's not that bad. It's very tasty. I like a good fish menu. But I'll uh, so I'll throw both of your uh, Instagram handles in the uh, in the show notes so everybody can meet you um, or follow you on there as well and see your your dishes and and everything. But um, thank you guys both uh, both for joining me. Thanks for taking the time uh, late this evening. Uh, I can see I've seen the sun go down behind you, Timo, uh, as we've been talking. <laughs> it's now dark. Yeah, it's like Ten o'clock. So I finish in the so. kitchen and then I just. Just make sure we can uh, meet each other. Sure. No, I appreciate it. But um, thanks again, and and for everybody listening out there, uh, I'll make to make sure to include all the the links and details in the show notes, and then uh, make sure that you're following us on Harvesting Nature on social media. Uh, we're on both Instagram and um, Facebook, all those things. LinkedIn too, which is apparently a thing these days. And then uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, please punch that five star button. Uh, leave us a review and tell us we're doing right, or you know, tell us we're doing wrong. Thanks, everybody, and have a good night. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.